Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Worship Matters, Worship in Spite of, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on March 19, 2017. Well, this morning, I want to, I want to tell you my story. See, I, I believe that uh, our story is important. I believe that, that you have a story to tell. The person next to you ha- has a story to tell. And I think all of us have a story to tell. And so I, I want to tell my story to you this morning. See, growing up, I, I was a, uh, and I still am, a very introverted young man. Very shy and very private in nature. You know, when I was a little kid, I used to, hug the hip of my mom, you know, because I didn't want to say hi to anyone, and I didn't want to be uh, looked at, you know. I was very shy, very very timid. I, I grew up in a, a very super dysfunctional home, and I don't know if there's even such thing anymore, because typically that, that was normal to me, you know. There was, there was nothing wrong in our home, although we, we experienced a lot of emotional and uh, physical uh, abuse in our home. But I'll have to tell you, my mom, she was the light. She was the light that God used to, to, to guide me in so many ways, to point me to Jesus. And I look back on it, and I, and I realize just how important her story was in my life. My grandmother was the same thing. She would tell me stories of growing up, and all the things that she dealt with, and all the things she experienced as a child. And truly, it wasn't just her story, it was God's story. Because in every moment, she would always share, Mijito, God will always be with you. He'll never leave you, nor he'll forsake you. Trust him. See, my dad didn't walk with Jesus. Later on in life, he gave his life to Christ just before he died. You know, I personally experienced a lot of things growing up. I went through some very tough moments in my life. In my story, as I look back at it and I kind of think about all the things that have transpired in my life, all the the good moments, all the bad moments, I realize that God's hand has always been upon me, that God is always with me, even in those tough, tough moments. And he was with me even in those good, good moments, because there was, there was some very good moments growing up, a lot of good memories with my family and with friends. Well, here's my story. In spite of all the things that should have killed me, there are two things that happened in my life that really uh, were critical moments, if you will. Moments where, where God reminded me that he was there with me, where God said, hey, I'm here with you, and I'll hold you, and I'll keep you, and I want to give you life. Well, when I was about 15 years old, I was in a, a really bad car accident. It was my fault. I wasn't supposed to be driving. And uh, I took a few friends and one of my cousins with me to have lunch during school. Took someone else's car. And uh, I ended up driving us right into the back of a lift gate off a semi. My cousin and one of my really good friends were critically injured. And they spent about three weeks, four weeks in a coma had serious brain injuries. 
You know, we went under that lift gate and really that should have killed each and every one of us. See, and the only things that I remember about those moments was fighting. I just remember fighting. And I don't know if I was really thrown from the car, but I remember fighting out of the windshield, which really doesn't make sense because if you were to have seen the car afterwards, the whole top was just squished and almost pulled back on both sides. But I remember fighting out of the car and I, I was outside of the car and I remember looking in at my cousin and my friend and I just fell to my knees and I just cried out to God. And then from there, it just kind of all went blank. And then I ended up in the hospital. People surrounded me. You know, that was a moment that I should have probably died. But by God's grace, I'm here today. A second time in my story where God just really showed himself to me when I was about 19 years old, God saved my life. So I was out doing the things that I love to do, abusing alcohol and hanging out with friends. And I was at a place where I shouldn't have been again, making choices of my own and thinking, hey, this is the life. This is what I want to do. I was at a bar, only 19, shouldn't have been there. And unknowing to me, there was a couple of gang members and they were there and, and they were picking a fight with some other guys. And so I intervened and I was supposed to fight one of the guys. It didn't happen. And as I was coming back, the other guy came over towards me. And because of my nature, because who I thought I was, my arrogance and my pride, I thought, okay, let's fight. And the moment I took two steps to him, he just simply pulled a gun and he put it to my head. And I'll never forget this. The only thing that he could say to me was, I don't care if you live or if you die. I don't care if you live or if you die. And forever to today, that will resonate in my mind. Because as I backed away from him and kind of talked my way out of it, and I left that moment, I remember what my mom would tell me when I was a kid. She'd always say to me, Mijito, Jesus wants to give you life and life more abundant. See, in that moment, God reminded me that, that he was the giver of life. In these experiences, in my story, it becomes his story. Even though I made my own choices, even though I, I did some things to move away from God, even though I made some foolish mistakes, even though I may, I may have missed the mark at times, one thing that I realize is that God is always in control, even when we think we are. See, God reminded me that night that he was in control. God reminded me that, that he had a calling in my life, that he wanted to do some things in me so that he could do some things through me. And unfortunately, it took some tough moments. And I know that in this room that, that I'm not the only one that has experienced tough moments. I'm not the only one that has a story to tell. So this morning, what I'd like to do is to get our inspiration from this passage and to be reminded that we all have a story to share. See, and that's God's story. It's his story in our lives. You know, many times in our lives, we think that as Christians, we've got to have all these passages memorized. We've got to be able to go out into the world and say, hey, look at Romans 12, look at this and look at that. 
But I'll tell you what, what the greatest thing that you can do is you go out and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is to share your story. I tell you, because that story will, will, will create an impact in someone's life that you may never understand. You know, some of you might think, well, you know, nothing really bad has happened in my life. But I'll tell you what, if you walk with Jesus, then something really great has happened in your life. And that is your story. And our stories were meant to be shared. See, because it's truly his story. It's God's story. It's what God is doing in us and understanding what he wants to do in us so that he can work through us. So if you would, grab your Bibles this morning. And we're going to look at uh, an Old Testament passage. We're going to look at the prophet Habakkuk. John, thumbs up. Cook, all right. See, I, I'm, a, I'm a Latino, so I have a little trouble with some of those big words, you know. So I've got John in the back. He's my Greek philosopher, and he helps me to get it straight, you know. So see how we help each other in this church? See how we come alongside each other and encourage each other? Isn't that awesome? So I'm not too proud to get corrected. So, so if you would look at, at chapter 3, there's only three chapters here, but I want you to see something here. And I, and I would encourage you later on in the week to just take a few moments to read all the way through because this is such an important story. What happens in this moment and at this time is that God uses this man to help us and help people to understand why God allows certain things to happen in our lives. You'll see that this prophet, he kind of cries out to God and he asks him some very specific questions and God reveals to him this vision and understanding of what some of the things that are going to transpire in the lives of the people that God loves, that God cares about. And there's some very important things that can remind us that not only does this man have a story to tell, but that we have a story to tell. So what I'd like to do is is look at this passage and discuss some things that we can gain and reminders of God's goodness and his power in our lives. So in Habakkuk chapter 3, starting in verse 16, the prophet says, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord." I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like deers. He makes me tread on my high places. See, this is a man that is singing a song of praise. He understands what's to come. He understands all of the things that the Israelites and all of the people of God have gone through. Yet he is willing to worship in spite of. He understands the value of, of worshiping the God that create us, created us. So the first thing that we see happening here is that, that the prophet acknowledges that God is in control. 
You know, I, I think the, the first thing that, that we can begin with in anything in life when it becomes to healing and understanding is just the acknowledgement of it. See, acknowledging that God is in control is an important part of a believer's life. He says in verse 16, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. See, we, we see the writer speaking towards the power of God. He understands the things that are going to happen. He's seen all the things of the past and how God's power has been prevalent in the lives of the people. And in spite of, he acknowledges. See, we have to understand that, that God is always in control. There is never a moment in our life or in the life of, of anyone around us that God is not in control. And I know that, that all of us have questions and we ask the question, well, why is there evil? Why do they, these bad things happen to good people? Why do bad people do bad things to good people? And you know what? I don't have the answer to that. But I do know that, that we can trust God. And I do know that if we acknowledge that God is in control, that we'll go into these moments, yeah, we might be afraid and we might quiver at the sound knowing that some bad things might happen. But we can trust and rest in the fact that when the day of trouble comes, that God will handle it for us. He'll see us through and he'll take us through. See, God has given us everything that we need to get through these tough moments of life. God has given us everything that we need to worship in spite of our circumstance and our situation. See, God has empowered us through his spirit to live a life that is reflective of who he is. And it happens and it begins when we acknowledge that he is in control. I want you to listen to this passage in Isaiah chapter 45. God says, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and I create darkness. I make well-being and I create calamity. I am the Lord who does all of these things. Did you hear all of that? Did you, did you grasp all of that? See, we may not always know why God is doing the things that he's doing, but we can trust in the fact that he is God. And he knows why. He understands why. And I believe personally that the reason why we experience a lot of the things that we experience is because God wants to do something in us so that he be can begin to do something through us. See, because if we don't understand what he's doing in us, we can never truly understand what he wants to do through us. And that's where we begin in our acknowledgement that God is control, that he holds the power of everything. He holds everything in his hands. And just like this passage says, that he is God. He forms light, he creates darkness, he gives well-being, he creates calamity. He is the Lord God. 
And he does all of these things. And we see in this passage that the writer, the prophet, is acknowledging all of this. He's acknowledging that that he trusts God, even though he doesn't understand the moment, even though he doesn't understand why God would send a bad nation, some evil people, to harm the people that, that he loves. He is acknowledging and worshiping in spite of. See, what we have to understand is that our plans aren't always God's plans. See, we work from a a very self-centered, a very narcissistic perspective. But see, God doesn't do that. He, He works from a different way. See, God works from a grace perspective. See, even all the, all, all the things that we experience, all the bad things that go on in our world, we have to understand that God is reaching through us and to us in reaching out and sharing his grace. He's helping us to better understand what grace is and what it means and how we apply it to our lives. You know, I, I, was, I was asked a question by another believer a while back, and they said, does God punish his people? Do you really think the God of the New Testament in reflection of the God of the Old Testament, do you think God will discipline and punish his people? And I I had to just simply answer by saying yes. And, And for the simple fact that God loves us, he cares about us. He cares about the choices that we make. He cares about the things that we do. And when we make bad choices, when we do bad things, God will discipline us. You know, our nation today is facing a lot of hard things. Our nation today is experiencing a lot of turmoil. And I believe God's hand is upon it. I believe God is in control of it. And I believe it's because we have gone astray. We have not humbled ourselves. We have not bowed in worship to the God that has created us. You know, there's there's categories of Christians, which is a really sad statement. You know, it breaks my heart to think that, that, that they would categorize us in different areas and saying, well, there's these Christians over here that are kind of lukewarm and they hide in a corner and they really don't want to stand up for what they believe in. And then there's this middle ground Christian that kind of will say a few things but not really do too much. And then there's this other group of Christians which are all bigots and homophobes and you name it because they're standing up and saying, you know what? What the world says is okay, God doesn't say is okay. See, we we don't stand against one another. We we stand for Jesus. We stand for for what God's word says and what it tells us. And yeah, you know what? It is something that we should take personal because God is speaking to us through this. God is using his word to help us understand the things that he desires for us. And sometimes those things that he desires for us aren't always the things that we want. But I'll tell you what, just like I tell my kids, just because you want something doesn't mean it's good for you. You know, as a parent, you you understand the discipline that that a parent has and does for his kid. 
You know, we don't do it because we hate our kids. We don't do it because we want to hurt our kids. We do it because we love our kids and we want to help our kids. And we want them to trust us in ways knowing that we've experienced some things in our lives that we just have a better understanding of. You know, I always tell people that there are two things in life that happen to us. There's the controllable things and there's, there's the uncontrollable things. If I went out into the street and just jumped and played in the middle of the road and I got hit by a car, whose fault is that? You better not say mine. <laughs> Darn car. That, that's a controllable, right? That's an obvious now, there's the, there's the uncontrollable. If I'm walking down the street and I'm on the sidewalk and I'm just having a good time taking my little daily stroll or daily jog and a car hops the curb and hits me, whose fault is that? That's the car's fault. It's an uncontrollable circumstance in our life. And I think in, in every one of our stories, there's things that we can control and there's things that we just cannot control. And so we have to understand here what the writer is telling us, that simply life can get out of control. It does. There's times in our lives where where uncontrollables happen and our life gets out of control. There's tough moments that we will face if we haven't already faced today. So what do we do in those moments? How do we respond in those moments? Well, look at verse 17. The writer says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. You know, all of those things seem like uncontrollables. All of those things I cannot control. I can help the tree to bear fruit, but I cannot control if the tree does bear fruit or not. See, I can help you be secure in who you are in Jesus, but I can't make you be secure in who you are in Jesus. See, there's, for all of us, there are moments that we experience that are out of our control. And there are moments that we experience that, that we feel like we have control. See, because life can get out, out of control. And if we just look at the world around us, we see that, man, it's, it's pretty out of control right now. A lot of tough things going on in our world. And the question that we have is why? Why are all these things going on? Why do I have to experience this? Why do I have to go through this? Why me? Well, God answers not only the writer, but he answers us in chapter two. If you want to flip over a page, verse four. I think this is part of the reason why. It's a famous verse. You see it in Galatians. You see it in the book of Romans. The apostle Paul quotes this. And he says in verse four, chapter two, he says, behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. And then he finishes it by saying, but the righteous will live by what? Faith. The righteous will live by faith. What do you think he's saying here? Do you think God is responding to our whys? Why are we going through this? Why do we have to experience this? I think he is. I think he gives us an honest answer. 
He's telling us because our hearts have hardened in our worship. That worship doesn't matter anymore. That we've gathered together as his people and we have done some things that have been an offense to God. And life has just spun out of control. And now we're at the point where we're asking why. You know what? A, a great example of, of someone that lived a life that most of the things in his life were out of his control and just spun out of control is Joseph. Think about all the things that, that the, the Bible tells us about Joseph and, and what he experienced. His brother sold him into slavery. He was, was put in positions where he wasn't supposed to worship God. You know, he had every excuse and every reason not to worship God. There was a bunch of uncontrollable circumstances in his life, but yet in spite of, he worships God. And I want you to see what he says here in Genesis chapter 50 in verse 20. After all of these things had gone, gone on, his dad dies and he's faced his brothers. He's in front of them knowing everything that they did to try and kill him and to hurt him. This is his response. When life is out of control, this is how Joseph responded. In verse 20, he says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. See, this is why our, our story is so important. Because it's God's story. See, God used Joseph to do some great things. God used Joseph and is continuing to use Joseph to inspire and encourage us and remind us that even when we go through the hardest of moments, even in spite of, that we should continue worshiping our God, continue trusting our God, and even though people around us or, or things were meant for evil, God meant it for good. God will use it for his glory. In spite of. So I want to ask you the question this morning. Who's in control? Who's in control of your life right now? Have you taken control? Or have you allowed God to take control? I think God's in control, whether we think it or not. Whether we believe it or not. Whether we've acknowledged it or not. God is in control. God is holding us. He is keeping us. You know, what's, what's interesting in those tough moments, you know, we, 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 our hearts are broken and, and you know, we're, we, we hit the lowest of low point, the, the toughest moment in our life. But I, I believe in those moments when our heart is broken, that God allows it to happen so that he can put it back together and reshape it into, the, into what he wants it to be. See, God did that for me. Because I tell you, the heart that I had when I was 15, 16, 17 wasn't the heart that God ever wanted for me to have. But see, God had to allow it to be broken. God had to move me from one place to another and help me to understand that he wanted to reshape my heart. I jokingly tell people, if they knew me when I was about 17, 18, 19, you probably wouldn't have liked me. I was full of pride. I was full of arrogance. 
I had a chip on my shoulder. I was a tough guy. But God has changed my heart. God has helped me to see the world and see people and see him in in a completely different way. And that brings us to our last point. This is what I continue to do today in the hopes that God would continue to change my heart. Because I'll tell you, I I haven't achieved. (laughs) You know, I I get the title, the privilege, the honor. And I I, I sit up here with a very, very humble heart in the aspect of that, that you would call me pastor. I don't take that lightly. But, but I also want you to know that, that in that, that, that I, am, I am broken. I, I am not perfect. I, I have not attained spiritual perfection. I'm still on that journey with you. I'm still walking down that, that path that God has set before me. That's why I love the passage in Psalm where he says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Because God is still showing me, and he is still teaching me on that path. But this is what has to happen for me and for you. See, our worship matters because in our worship, we surrender control. In verse 18 and 19, he says, Yet because of all this, in spite of all this, I will rejoice to the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And I, and I, I don't see any exclamation points here. But I tell you what, we should say that just like that. I'm not a good yeller. I've got a very soft tone in my voice. Never been a good yeller. So that, that was just me yelling, just so you know. <laughs> it's about as good as it gets. Yeah, all caps, thank you. You know, we should say, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. We should say it loudly. We should rejoice in it. We should celebrate it. And as loud as we can, we should surrender all of our control to God. To God. Well, there, there are several things as we go away from here that I want to challenge you with in this last passage because he says a whole lot in just a little. The first is, is rejoice in spite of, worship in spite of. I don't know your story. I know some of your stories. I know p- tidbits of your stories. But I will challenge you and encourage you, worship in spite of. Give God your praise Psalm 51 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast. And steadfast just means a faithful, a faithful spirit within me. In spite of all that's going on in my world, all that's gone on in my life, I will rejoice, I will worship my God. The second thing is, have joy and have it because of your salvation. The greatest thing that we can understand in this lifetime, and I have yet to understand it myself, is God's grace. 
and for the simple fact that he gives it to us regardless. And because he gives it to us regardless of who we are or what we've done or what we will do in the future, we should have great joy. And we should have joy because of our salvation. See, God has offered us something that we can't have ourselves, that we can't attain ourselves or get ourselves. I love what uh, it says in 1 Peter verses 8 and 9, first chapter. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And the last thing that he tells us here that I would challenge us with as a church is the body of Christ is let God be your strength. Let him be your rock. Let him be your cornerstone. Let let him be your comforter. Let him be whatever he needs to be to you in your story in this moment today. Because if you let him be that for you, I tell you what, you will be that for others. I always tell my kids, and they look at me a little funny, that, that I can only love them better when I learn to love Jesus better. And I think that's true for all of us. When we, when we love Jesus better, when we worship him in spite of, we will love each other better. We will offer grace to one another. We will understand the grace that we have been given and we will use the power and the strength that God gives us to love one another, to love those that we look upon today and in moments with disdain or with hatred or whatever. Let God be your strength. Let him be your rock. Run to him at every moment. I want to I close. If you would, bow your heads. I want you to just listen to this, this last passage. I'm going to read it aloud, and then Jeff's going to come up, and, and we're going to continue in our worship through our tithes and our offering and, and just singing God's praises. But I want to remind you that your story is a, a, a living example of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to share your story. Every chance that God gives you to share it, share it with somebody. Tell them what God is doing in you and what God has done through you. Take the power that God has given you through his spirit and use it and spread the good news of the gospel. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I just want to read these few verses to you. And I want your eyes closed. I want you to just listen. Sometimes when, when we close some of our other senses, and we open up some of the other ones, I really want you to listen to this and let it come through your mind and, and into your hearts. What he's saying here. Second Corinthians 6, starting in verse 4, it says, But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, by knowledge, patience, kindness, and the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and listen to this, and the power of God, our strength, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. He's given us everything we need through honor and dishonor, 
though slander and pray, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. I love that last statement. With your eyes closed, I want you to think about everything that God has given you. I want you to praise Him in spite of the tough moments, in spite of the things that that you've experienced in your story. You know, I I can tell you about all the hard moments I've had in my life and, and all the things that I can have experienced in my life. And we can cry together and we can mourn together. But because of what God did in me and what he's doing through me today, in spite of you and I, we can rejoice together. We can sing God's praises because he has singled us out. He has brought us into his presence and he has allowed us to receive his grace. So this morning, I want you to do that. I want you to receive his grace. If there's some sin in your life, if there's some things in your life that you're struggling with right now, I want to ask you to surrender control to him. Acknowledge that God is in control. Let him be the one. Let him be your strength. Let him be the one that you lean on and trust for all that you need. It may not be everything that you want, but I promise you it's everything that you need. God knows what you need. Trust Him this morning. Give it to Him. And let's rejoice. Let's let's praise Him in spite of all the things that are going on in this world today. Let's lift our hands up in song and in praise. And let's bow our hearts and worship the God that loves us and created us. The God that holds the world in the palm of His hands. Father, we rejoice in You this morning. We give You praise. Father, our worship does matter. It matters because you are God. You are holy. And so this morning we lift our hands to you. We we raise our voices and we bow our hearts. And we do it because you are holy, because you are God. Father, I pray for every heart that's here this morning, every heart that you are calling, that you are stirring, Father. I pray that you would just reveal yourself to them. You, You would show them And fill them with your spirit, God. Father, I don't know what they need, what you do. But I do know they need you. Father, I know that I need you. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Father, in these moments, we surrender to you. And we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, We're a community of followers of Jesus Christ 
committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.